Have you asked Jesus to be the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life? Because you have, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Grab that hand. Bend your knees. Don't go down gently so we don't splash too much. All right. Just stand right here. You're going to stay here while Barney gets in. We started to have y'all stand outside and then come in because that would have been warm. All the way in here, buddy. Ah, oh, buddy. I'm so glad you're here. Glad you've been a part of our small group. Have you asked Jesus to be the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life? Yes, sir. Because you have, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bend your knees. Go down slow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to say, Barney, nobody's ever gotten their money's worth like you have, buddy. That's awesome. My eyes just got bigger and bigger as that water just, it was a fountain over there. And I didn't see till the video that Keith was moving everything. He's unplugging things and moving back. So I made a little ridge now that we, it won't come this way. Uh, I want to explain to you what we're doing today. Today I, uh, I, I have interviewed four people in our church. Uh, folks who, who God did something major in 2014. And I wanted you, uh, wanted you to hear what God has been doing in their lives. So what I've done is, um, I, I took them back to the back. We have a video camera set up back there and, and I'm interviewing them and you'll hear some of that. And, and as it goes on, I'm going to start with Danny. And if you've got your listening guides there, that tells you who they are. And I wanted you to know their names because I really believe that today one of their testimonies is going to speak to you. And, and we don't, we're not doing this at all to glorify these people. That's not what we're doing. We're doing this to show that God is still at work in 2014, soon to be 2015, right? And, and so we, we wanted you to hear stories where God used our church to, to reach out and, and impact somebody's life. And God is doing some work. God is still alive. That's why we sing about him every week. There's an empty tomb. And, and, and that's why baptism, why we go under the water and come back out, we're identifying with Jesus Christ being laid in the tomb. That's what happens when we go under the water. But Romans 6, 4 says, we've been buried with him through baptism into his death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Y'all don't get excited about that. I get excited about that because when you're coming up out of the water, you're saying the one I follow is not dead because every other world religion, the founder is dead, still in the grave. Many of those religions, you have to, part of your, your proving that you're a worthy follower of that leader is to make a pilgrimage at some point in your lifetime to visit a tomb that's full of dead men's bones. And I just have never understood. I've studied all the world religions. I've never understood. Why would you follow a dead guy? When you have one that's alive. And, and I've shared this before. I shared it at, at, at many funerals. But one of my favorite stories is that a Buddhist in, in Africa one day decided to become a Christian. And if you know anything about world religions, it's a big deal when you leave one and, and go to another. And he was asked, why would you make such a radical change in your life from Buddhism to Christianity? And he said, well, it's like this. I mean, to, to him, it was logical. He said, if you're walking down the road, you find a fork in the road, and there's two guys there. One's dead and one's alive. He said, which directions would you follow, the dead guys or the live guys? I want to follow the live guy. I think I'm preaching better than you're responding. (laughs) 
I mean, come on. I get excited about this stuff. So I want you to hear from, from Danny, and I just kind of wanted to set this up a little bit. Uh, Danny and Kayla first came here on Easter Sunday, right? And uh, I was talking to Danny about this, and, and he kept saying, man, you, you kind of, you, you kept mentioning all those people, those C&E Christians, those, those Christmas and Easter Christians, and I was like, wait a minute, I like C&E Christians, I love having the place, we, had our, we set a record here on, on Easter Sunday morning, it was 335, something like that, the most we've ever had in this building at one time, and, and so I was excited about that, and he kept saying that, I said, did I dish you? And he goes, oh no, I was just sitting there thinking, I'm one of those, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm one of those. And then uh, at some point, I don't even remember when it was, uh, Danny called me up and, and we got together and we just talked a little bit and we were talking about what it means to have Christ in your life. And he's going to reference a lot of this stuff, but, but where I really got to know Danny and Kayla and, and, and Barney was in my small group. They started, uh, y'all started actually the Sunday I was gone, right? So y'all were... You started when I came back. Okay. So uh, Janie and I were gone on my, my 50th, anniversary, or 50th cruise, 50th anniversary of life. Um, and, and we started a small group, came back, and, and these guys were in our small group. And, and man, how, it's amazing how when you start sharing your life some, with someone, how quickly they can become more than friends, right? It's more like family. And you're going to hear that from them. But I wanted to set that up. And then Barney and, and, and Danny are cousins. I'm just, I'm just going to leave it at that. And then uh, you'll understand more as we watch this video. This is, this is Danny first. My name is Danny Warren. Um... First reason I came to New Life is Angie and Dennis Branson. Angie kind of was telling my wife about it and this and that, and we was searching for a church. And we came here one time and tried it out, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's cool." And next thing I know, my wife is like, "I'm going with or without you," and I was like, "Ah!" So we got up, and here we are, and you know now we're members and love this place, best place. I mean, just can't get enough of it. Matter of fact, we can open up seven days a week to be good with me. My life without Christ, that's a sad day, honestly. I mean, it was, some people get glory by it. Some people want to say that it was cool and this and that. But my life without Christ was uh, a mistake. I mean, when I was young, I got felonies and, or felony, I'm sorry. And just wrong crowd, wrong place, wrong time. I mean, just made me a person... No, no man, woman, or child should be proud to be. Uh, when I was younger, I went to church and stuff, and I say church. It was more or less to go chase girls. It was pretty sad, 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 sad. That was the person I was. And next thing I know, you know, I got saved and thought I was doing right, but it really wasn't. It really wasn't doing right at all. And I started coming here, and... I met Doug, we talked, we met up here, and I mean, the guy didn't know me from Adam, and next thing I know, you know, we're, he's talking about getting got Christ in my life, you know, I got saved, and then got baptized, and going to the small groups and stuff, and met a really lot of good people, and kind of got some demons off my back, some stuff off my chest, and, you know, just was a real bad person without Christ in my life and I wouldn't trade none of what I've got now for any bit of that. There people want the fame, the money, the glory, it's not worth none of that for just a, a second of happiness with Christ. Night and day. Night and day difference. The difference to what Christ has made in my life for before now is I have a wife. She's still around. She's still with me. Uh, my children 
are more active. I can see them a lot more. I mean, which I did before then too, and they love coming here. My little boy is, he's two, let's just say enough. Uh, Christ has made a big impact. My mother, my brother, friends and family. I mean, people that I never imagined would be in my life are there. A support group, I mean, just a drop of a hat. I've never been able to just, just call out and, hey, man, can you help me, you know? And I've done that with people here in the church, and they're like, hey, it's what you're supposed to do, you know? Yeah, we're here for you. And it was a ton of relief just off my shoulders. I thought I could conquer this all by myself and big, broad shoulders. I got this. I'm a man, man. But <laughs> you're not. Nobody's not. Nobody can handle it by themselves. Uh, without Christ, but with Him, I mean, financially, bills, and just everything. Just I was so mean and mad all the time, just ready to fight and still drive like an idiot. Can I say idiot? <laughs> yeah, you can say idiot. Okay, okay, okay. When I go to bed at night now, I lay my head down and I know, hey, I'm good. And I've got friends that was worried about me before, but they, they can rest assured whenever I take my last breath, I'll meet them. I'll see them in heaven for sure. only reason I'm asking you this is because I've seen a little bit of uh, uh, back and forth between you and Barney. I just got to know, once and for all, which one of you has the biggest head? That dude's got the biggest head. No, Barney's got no. a melon. He's got a hey, thunder where's the dome. measure tape at? We'll measure. You've got a thunder dome, dude. So, so you have to understand in our small group, man, it, it gets, it, we, we go deep in sharing our lives. We go deep in praying together and, and studying God's word together. But dude, there is some serious laughter that goes on. And if you want to start a, you know, a fight in our small group, ask these two dudes, which one has the bigger head? And they were doing that on Facebook. That's the only reason I ask it is because on Facebook out in public, you got the bigger head. No, you got the bigger head. Thunderdome, all of that. So uh, Barney gets a chance to respond here in a minute. But a couple of things uh, that, that stuck out from what, what Danny said, you know, um, Timmy's over here. Timmy, Timmy's a, a good friend of mine, and, and y'all know that, that Timmy has cancer, and we're praying that he's going to be completely healed and all that stuff. But, but I've, I've stood out at BB Quick, and I've talked to Timmy about his life, and, and Tina's told me some things about Timmy, the old Timmy, and you wouldn't know it today. Because he's a totally different man. Christ has changed him. Um, I didn't know the, the Danny. Um, now, I probably have seen him. He's probably cut me off, and I've almost lost my Jesus, you know, that, that type of thing. Um, <laughs> but praise God, I didn't know who it was. Uh, and, and by the way, I put that on there so that we have proof. He said it. It's not just, yes, yes, you're welcome. That, that's Merry Christmas uh, to Kayla. Um, but, but something he said that really stuck out, he said, you know, Kayla kind of drew a line in the sand and, 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 and I don't think he would mind me saying this. He was not being the spiritual leader at the time. And she said, I'm going to go to church with or without you. And he's like, shoot. (laughs) And, and, you know, I'm not trying to share their business, but their marriage was struggling because they weren't walking, they weren't doing things the way God intended. And, and it doesn't mean that everything is great and easy now. But now they have this extended family. And if you met Danny, you wouldn't know the old, you wouldn't, I don't even know that guy. I've, I've never met him. I've only heard stories. That's the power of Jesus Christ. When he comes in, you can't clean yourself up. He could not become acceptable to Jesus on his own. He tried, you know, he tried to do the man thing. I can handle this. And, and God broke him. 
And there was, a, there was a point when he was at his lowest and he cried out to Jesus Christ. That's why he has the power of Christ working in him now. God does not, God does not work in proud people. The Bible says that God opposes the proud but he gives grace to the humble. When, when Danny humbled himself, God picked him up and started putting the pieces back together. And, and, and you know, we love being around them. We had our small group party. We had a progressive party, progressive dinner. I don't know if you've ever done that, but we went to the, the Richie's out in Grapeland. We went over to, to Danny and Kayla's and we finished at my house. So we had uh, appetizers, main course and, and dessert. And it was just so much fun. We hadn't met in a month and it, it, it felt like all of us were just upset because we hadn't seen each other in a month because our small groups took uh, December off. We can't wait to get back uh, into small groups because it is, it is so powerful what God does week in and week out. All right, so next one is Barney Barnes. Uh, Barney, I met him the first time uh, on, a, on a Sunday night at small group. We were doing the freeway study, and uh, I met Barney. And, uh, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hypersensitive to new people coming in because I want them to have a good experience, whether it's coming in here for church or kids going back in the children's area. I, I want them to have a good experience so they'll come back. I don't want to put up a barrier between Christ and them. And so Barney comes and Barney's sitting in our group. And I'm telling you, I've never had a group go so deep, so fast. I mean, they're just throwing stuff out there. And, and I'm, I'm looking at Barney and Barney's just kind of sitting there. Well, he's going to share a little bit about that, but, but obviously it, it, God was moving because Barney's still here, got his life right with Christ. You saw his baptism. Here's what Barney had to say in this interview. Hey, Barney, uh, who has the bigger head, you or Danny Warren? Well, see this hat right here? I got it from Danny Warren, so if that tells you anything. So you're saying that your heads are the same size? Yes, they are. That hat wasn't stretched out? No. Okay. I was struggling a little bit, and I called my cousin Danny up and said, Hey, man, what are y'all doing tonight? And he said, We're going to small group. So I, he said, You want to go? I said, Sure. So I loaded up with him at El Toro's and come to small groups. Met Doug and everybody, and then the next weekend we came to church. and been coming to church ever since. When I first came to small groups, you know, it was, you know, I was new to everybody, and, you know, I knew Timmy and Danny and few other people there and uh, everybody just kind of started telling their story and I'm sitting back over there just like oh uh, you know but it was really good to hear everybody had the same kind of problems that I had you know so and Doug asked me as a matter of fact he asked me if you know what I thought about everything and I said man I needed to hear it you know I really did it was drugs and uh, everything and you know I just was going to shambles, and uh, I watched my life, you know, play over two years in a row. And I just I started praying and was like, "Man, I can't do this no more." You know, uh, I need some I need some answers. I need you know I need Jesus and God, and I need everything. You know, and I haven't talked to my mom and but once in two years, and uh, I moved in with her and got away from the people I was around and and feeling good. Well, I got saved, for one, and uh, I'm up there with Timmy, you know, Timmy's got cancer and everything, you know, and uh, I told Timmy the other day, I was like, man, you know, God's got me here to help you, you know, you're going to need somebody to help you run this business and everything, and so God's working on, uh, you know, he's working on everybody, so. 
I would tell them uh, New Life is a great family of people, you know, and everybody lifts everybody up, and Doug's awesome, and uh, that, you know, coming coming to church has really lifted me up and made me realize, you know, what I've been missing all these years, you know, and, and you can't be scared to come to church, you can't run from God, you know, so, and I mean, you know, and it's awesome, the feeling is awesome that you get when you let God in, you know, and, and He lifts you up, you know, and and let other people see your light shine. I'll say I love you, Danny Warren. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you for for getting me to come to New Life. I gave him a perfect opportunity to waste Danny, and he says, "I love you." That was good. That was very good because I, I actually didn't expect that. I was going to let him have the last word, and and uh, and. He just says, I love you. And, and man, that's really, that was powerful. You, it, that was not planned. That was just, here's your opening. And, and that's what he said. So, so I've gotten to know both these guys. I'm watching God uh, work in their lives. And, and if you see our small group, we hug. All the men hug. And, and you know, that's just, that's just who we are. And, and, um, I, and I want to encourage you to get involved in small groups when we start back up in, in January. Uh, the next person I talked to was uh, Brandy Lovelady. And uh, Brandy, Brandy's been here for a few years, and she, uh, she's going to tell you how she came. Um, she had some really major struggles in her life that, that actually took her away from church. She's going to explain all of that stuff. And, and then I just want you to hear her story about what, it, what she was struggling with and how she came back to the Lord. My name is Brandy Lovelady. I came to New Life uh, several years ago. I was actually at the crisis center after my divorce, and um, one of the counselors asked me, what do you think you need to heal? And I said, I need a church here in Palestine. And um, and she's like, I know some great people. And she gave me a number, and I started coming. Um, got into the church physically, but not spiritually. I was comparing myself to the next person beside me and thought I was, you know... I had to do what they did to get to heaven, and um, I learned real hard that that was not how you go about knowing Jesus Christ. My life before Christ, uh, I've kind of always grew up in church, so I've known right from wrong, but I've learned at a very easy early age how to get what I want to manipulate, and um, it was more of a facade. I was so brokenhearted um, just with my life period when I was divorced um, and being a single mom on my own, I got caught up in a lot of bad things. Um, I was lonely, so I started hanging around people I shouldn't hang around with. I started compromising my beliefs to cut corners budget-wise and um, I was trying to maintain a double life. It crashed and I was so stressed out, so tired, so depressed, so lonely. And this go-around, um, you know, I've been sober 18 months, and this past year has been a wonderful journey with Christ. He's, he's cleaning me from the inside out. Um, I love my walk with, with the Lord. and with My life is so stress-free. I wish two years ago when I, when I first started this adventure that I'd just given it up, given the control to God. Because now I work two jobs that I have no stress. The finances are taken care of. I've really let go of the control issues that I have, and um, I feel beautiful. I feel great. I feel special. And next. <laughs>
my my sin, my ugliness, that double life. You know, on uh, you know, I did volunteer work on Wednesday nights. I was at every church service. I was trying to maintain a certain appearance with my friends here in the church, and I wasn't living it. I wasn't. I wasn't applying it to my home, and I cracked, and um, I ended up in a situation where I got physically hurt, and I didn't turn to a new life for help. Instead, I was ashamed, and I, um, I, I pulled myself away from everything, and I didn't want God to see me. I didn't want people at New Life to see me. And, um, I wish I'd done things different, but that's just how it happened. And, I spent a lot of time in the hospital, and when I come home last October, the first thing my daughter, when I reunited with my children, and um, she's like, I want to go to church. I said, me too, baby. She said, I want to go back to New Life. And I was like, no. <laughs> I hurt people there. I have to, oh, man, I have to bite the bullet. <laughs> Apologize to people, but that's what I did. And um, my baby girl, she's very close to God, and what kind of person to be if I'm going to teach her to run from your fears? So we came back, and everybody opened us with open arms, man. Everybody's excited to see us. And I still have that wall up there, but joining um, Celebrate Recovery, committing myself to that, it's small groups, it's slowly breaking down these barriers and just showing that I'm here for the church and allowing the church to be there for me has been great. Fear of addiction. Uh, I, I gave that over. Um, I had been drinking or doing other stuff since I was about ten years old. That was my remedy. That was my solution to so many problems for so long. And just giving that to God and saying, "Hey, I'm messed up. Fix me. Help me." And I can, even though my life is just a big mess right now, and I don't see how I can get out of it. Um, this year, I've just conquered that. And um, the fear that I've hurt people and let them down because I did. I made a mess. I made a big old mess. And um, I go to AA every week. I go to CR every week. I go to counseling every week. Come to church every week. I do the things I have to do because I want to be better. And I don't want to settle for you did this and now you have to suffer and wallow in misery because that's not what God wants for us. And I know that's not what He wants for me and my family. okay to ask for help, especially fighting finances and um, loneliness or bitterness that things didn't work out the way they were supposed to or you thought they were supposed to. Just just let somebody know. And there's so many people that don't judge and that will pick you up and love you. And, um, you know, just let go of the reins. Let, let Jesus fix it and He will He will make your life so simple. <laughs> and um, just let somebody know what you're going through. So I thought she did awesome. Uh, everybody did awesome. Um, it's funny. Uh, they're nervous getting in front of the camera, and then you just you got to talk for a while, and sometimes you have to video a lot. And and but I just thought her message was so powerful, right? Um, 
And I wanted you to hear what she struggled with and why it was that, that she was afraid to come back to church. You know, we did this whole series, Fear Not, and, and Satan tells you to be afraid. Satan tells you that if somebody knows your deepest, darkest secret, they're going to be repelled, but that is not the truth. You know, those of you who go to small group, that's not the truth, is it? When you open up and you share, people move towards you. Their hearts are enlarged towards you. They know how to pray for you, and, and they realize that, that this thing called Christianity is not just, you know, it's not something you do just within the walls of the church, that it begins to impact every part of our lives. And, and you know, it was, I remember when, when Brandy walked back in the door, it had been a long time since we'd seen her. And, and, oh, it was just, it was this awesome reunion. Everybody that saw her just ran over, hugged her, welcomed her back, hugged the kids, and, and praise God for, for, a, for a little girl saying, I want to go back to new life, because that was her church. That's what she knew was of a church. And, and praise God that Brandy was willing to overcome those fears and, and do what she needed to do. Again, God gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud. So that means if, if you're proud, that means your opponent in life is God. That's not where you want to be because you will lose. And, and the Bible says he will humble you. And, and he will discipline his children. In fact, if, if you're doing things far from God and you're not being disciplined by God, then the Bible says you're not really his children. Because he says any good father would discipline his children for their, for their own good. And, and in fact, it says no discipline seems acceptable for the moment. It says not joyful, but sorrowful. It says, but when you have been trained by discipline, it produces a, a, a fruit of righteousness in you. So that's what God does with his children. We may run away. He's going to discipline us and he's going he's to bring us back when we're humble and he's going to give us power and he's going to change our lives when we're humble. All right, I got one more to share with you and then we're going to wrap this up. And this is uh, Charlotte Crockett. And Charlotte always sits over here and she's already crying. Um, uh, she was nervous too. They all come in, they were nervous. And, and before I knew it, we were just talking back and forth. We had about 20 something minutes of her uh, testimony. And so we've, we've condensed it down to about six minutes now. Um, but I wanted you to hear from Charlotte. So we got, we got Danny who was just running from God. We got Barney who was running from God. We got Brandy who was here and, and ran from God. And we've got Charlotte who, who uh, uh, another one of those instances where she was a Christian straight away from Christ, but she'd been coming here a long time. You're going to hear this story before she got freedom from her past. And that's why I really wanted you to hear her story was what it was that brought her to the point of freedom. Here's Charlotte. My name is Charlotte Crockett, and I am a new lifer. I was raised in a Pentecostal home and was absolutely terrified of the church. I started going to a Baptist church with some very good friends who lived down the street from us, and I was about 12. And the first year we went to summer camp is the year that I accepted Christ as my Savior. And from that point forward, I was I became a good youth leader in our church and just loved it. I, everything from the plays at Christmas time to the, the little kids. I was a vacation Bible school instructor for the small kids and I absolutely enjoyed it. Loved it. And like it was God was the center of my life and then I got married. I came to New Life of six and a half, seven years ago because of my kids and a family friend. They had been coming and after I got divorced they kept on, Mom, 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 you need to go to church with us. Come on, go to church with us. So I came, and it was like from that point forward, every Sunday I came, it was like God was preaching to me. It was like 
this is meant for you. You 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 hear this. You I was being convicted very hard and very heavily. So I I just I just kept coming. The biggest struggle I've had was the fact that I got divorced. And I was married for just over 24 years. And that was very hard for me because I had been married all my life, pretty much. I got married at 18. And I struggled to let go of my past, to be able to forgive myself mainly for my past, the things that happened in my marriage that, uh, for lack of a better word, it broke me. I. I pretty much, and I don't know how else to say this, but I felt like I sold my soul to make my husband happy. And in doing so, I turned my whole family against me. Not, you know, they didn't totally disown me, but they just, they weren't, we weren't as close as we were. They had been at one point. I struggled with just letting go and forgiving me and forgiving him and reaching out to my family again and reaching out to God again. And when I finally did reach out to God, it was, I don't know, a turning point, a major turning point for me and my family. The biggest thing that that really, because I struggled with it, and I I even came to the point where I was ready to rededicate my life to God, and I was rebaptized, and I turned everything over to Him, but I still struggled with the fact that I couldn't forgive me for what had happened. And then the Freeway series came. And it was just like from the very moment you, that you mentioned it, I was like, yeah, i got to do that. And God was like, yes, this is yours. This is your time. And I went to the freeway group that we had out in Tennessee Colony, and it was like every day was an, a, an opening, an eye-opening experience. And I was able to finally just let go of my past, and I knew that I was loved and that God loved me no matter what my past was and what it entailed. And that I finally was able to forgive myself for it and to come back and just let him have everything. Okay, so I remember the Sunday that you wrote on the back of your card, I'm free. Yes, yes. Was there a particular study? Was there a moment that you discovered something that you were holding on to? What What was it that finally you, you could say, I'm free? The the last the very last study, actually the, the last two were the were the real turning points. The, the last one where we were able to, I was able to really talk about it openly and because nobody else knew only my best friend knew Ramona knew but nobody else knew what really had happened in my marriage and what I was holding on to and when I was actually able to open up with these friends that I was afraid would look at me differently and you know maybe even judge me for it these people didn't they accepted me they wrapped their arms around me and we prayed together and we have been so close and they have been there with me every step of the way. They call me on a daily basis. And we just, we rejoice in the fact that I was able to let it go and to forgive myself and him. And just, I'm moving forward now. And God has opened so many doors for me. And just keeps pouring blessings out on myself and my children. Because of the, the activities that my now ex-husband and I participated in when we were married, I knew they were wrong, but it was, you make your husband happy. You make your, your spouse happy no matter what. And and I did it. And when I finally decided, no, I can't do this anymore, that was the, the end. But, yes, I was, I was very afraid that they would judge me if they knew all that. Even before we divorced. So, 20 years. Wow. Yes. 
Yes. Mm. And I'm, I'm just, I'm so free. So I don't care who knows now because I know my God has forgiven me. And he was, he allowed me to forgive myself. Don't be afraid. That was a struggle for me. And when I finally did get involved in these small groups, even though it was people that I'd known forever, it was, it was, it was amazing. Do it by all means. If no, if for no other reason, just so you'll know, you'll find someone who knows what you're going through, who's been through your struggle. You know, you can come to church and you can worship God and you can be in amongst this family of people here. But until you're with this smaller group of people who are, you bond much closer, you, you feel each other's pain more deeply, you, you share your struggles, your day-to-day struggles, and you, 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 you just, oh, I don't know, you just, you just come together and you're like, it's a total, a second family to me. So a second family, that's what small groups are. Uh, I want to wrap this up. Danny, come up here real quick. I didn't tell him this, but it's okay. I won't throw you under the bus here. Uh, we only do that in small groups. Put this on for me. Uh, can you give us a little more stage light? Yeah, this wraparound's fine. All right, so I, I wanted to illustrate what it means to come to Christ. Um, every person is, is born with a sin nature. It's not bad, right? Can you give us a little more? Come over here. Let's get you over here. See, and, and this, is, this, is, this is my robe. Don't stretch it out. Look at him. Um, you do make it look good. Yes, you do. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with the robe. But, but here's the thing. Every person is born with a sin nature. You're not guilty of sin because you, you were born. You're guilty of sin because you sin. Now, I've got some questions for you. How many of you have, have ever told a lie? Let me see your hands. Can you flip on the, uh, the fluorescent lights so I can see a little bit better? There you go. All right. So uh, keep your hands up. Those who don't have their hands up, just look at them and kind of raise your eye, one eyebrow, you know, like, I don't believe you. All right. All right. Put your hands down. How many of you have ever stolen something? Let me see. I have. Yep. How many of you have ever gossiped about somebody else? Let me see your hands. All right. Don't put your hands up. This, this next one, because I don't want to cause any fights. And, and, and you can always say it was in your past, right? Don't want to cause any fight with spouses. So you're going you're gonna to do this almost imperceptible movement when I ask you if you've done this. Not, not hands or anything, you're just going to go. All right, got it? <laughs> this has got to be that fast. Have you ever lusted? Nobody moved. Everybody's <laughs> frozen. I ain't moving. Um, but it could, okay, so let me give you an out, guys. How many of you have ever lusted after somebody else's truck? You got truck envy. How many of you have ever lusted after somebody else's gun? Okay, so lusting is desiring something that someone else has. So what we've just admitted, if, if, you, if you've told a lie, you're a what? If you've gossiped, you're a what? You're a gossip. If you've stolen something, you're a what? And according to Jesus Christ, if you've ever looked lustfully at a woman or, or m- women at men, it says that you've committed adultery in your heart. So we're a, we're a church full of lying, gossiping, stealing adulterers. Merry Christmas. Welcome to new life. You know, I hope you feel better about yourself because we, we're a bunch of messed up people. Okay. So, so here's the deal. You're guilty of sin because you sin. And, and this, this robe that he has on represents sin. And you have a choice. You can stand before God clothed in your own sin 
And God says, why should I let you in? And, and you said, because of my actions. And according to scripture, none of our actions are good enough to get us into heaven. Now, you have an option, though, because Jesus Christ came. We just celebrated his birthday. And, and scripture says that none of us, and in fact, it says that no one can please God. We talked about this last week. No one can please God by keeping the law. And you might ask, well, if, if you can't keep the law and please God, why do we have it? Well, we said that the second point was the law shows us that we're sinners. And, and so this is, this is why this is so important. Until you recognize that you're a sinner, you don't realize you need a savior. Too many people say, well, I am a sinner, but I'm going to try religion and I'm going to try to earn my way to heaven. And, and that doesn't work. There's only one way according to Jesus Christ. And according to the New Testament is God offers you, Jesus Christ offers you a different robe, but you have to make the choice to take that robe off and put on the righteousness of Christ. Has nothing to do with your righteousness, has everything to do with Jesus Christ was a perfect person, never sinned, died on the cross for our sins. And so you have to make a choice. So Danny did this. Go ahead and take that off there, buddy. Yeah, I know. You're just too massive. I know. There. Yeah, sorry, the bus. We always talk about, you know, in, in our group, we get tickled because somebody is always thrown under the bus. It doesn't matter, you know, in our week. So, all right. So there was a day that Danny recognized that he was a sinner. You all right there, buddy? I don't know. I don't. No, this is this Jesus. All right, all right. This was Walmart's finest. Come on, man. That's all I had. All right. So here's the thing. In order to be clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ, you have to say, God, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. And you ask him to forgive sins, to invade your life, and then to clothe you with righteousness. Then, scripture says, when you stand before God, God sees you clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and he says, you're one of mine. Come in. So the choice is yours. And, and this, I, I felt like this was real important to do today, and I don't even know who it is that needs to hear this. But some of you, you're clothed in your own sin, and you're thinking that if you just are a good enough person, eventually God's going to let you in. That's what the world tells you. That's not what Jesus Christ said. And, and God takes sin so seriously that if you reject him in this life, and you say, I don't want anything to do with God in this life, and then you die, God says, I'm not only going to honor your rejecting of Jesus Christ in your earthly life. But because you did not accept him and you did not put on the righteousness of Christ, you're going to live eternity separated from me. People say, how can a good God send someone to hell? He doesn't. People choose to go there because they want to come in their own righteousness. They don't want anybody telling them what to do. Remember I told you that God opposes the proud? Proud people will bust open the gates of hell. Because they refuse to bow the knee to Jesus. And, and here's the crazy thing. Scripture says that whether you accept Jesus or not, that everybody will bow the knee at some point and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. The key is, did you bow the knee before you breathed your last? Or were you forced when you were standing before the King of Kings to acknowledge the righteousness of Christ? It's too late after you die. So praise God, Danny did that. Praise God, Barney's done that. Brandy did that. Charlotte did that. Lots of folks. Tana, 
The reason she was baptized today is because she bowed the knee and she was clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And for the rest of her life, God looks at Tana and says, she's clothed in the righteousness of my son. Danny's clothed in the righteousness. It is, it's, it's like a team uniform and you have to choose to put it on. Somebody here is going through life and you've never put on the righteousness of Christ. Do you bow your heads? Somebody today needs to step into the kingdom of God. And in Romans chapter 10, it says, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So it's real simple. If, if you recognize that you're trying to stand before God in your own power, then you just pray this prayer. God, I know I'm a sinner. I need a savior. And say that silently where you are. And then you say, the best I know how, I accept you into my life and I give you my life in return. Father, I pray that somebody stepped into your kingdom today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.